All right, everybody, welcome back to the Orange Overalls podcast. Um, it is me, as always, Weston, here with Nick. Nick, buddy, how's break? It's very nice. I Getting done with exams is a good feeling, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I didn't have very many, but it was, uh, it was a relief to have them over. Uh, this podcast is going to be coming out a little late um, due to my, uh, my uh, extracurricular activities. Um, I was so excited that school was out that I decided to take a little duck hunting trip with some buddies of mine. So this is going out a little bit later than usual. Uh, but it is a long episode for, for everybody because we're on break. We got a lot of stuff. We got a double interview. We hinted at that last time. Um, we'll talk a little bit about spotlights. We'll talk. We'll wrap up some basketball. We'll preview the big football game coming up this weekend. And we got a little bit of tidbits to share about baseball. But uh, we got a lot on the show today. Uh, but let's send it. Nick, as always, our traditions guy. What we got today? Yeah. So, Weston, before we get into the tradition spotlight, I want you to tell the people how'd your duck hunting trip go? How many ducks you bring home? Um. So it's gonna sound like a small amount. I got one duck. Oh. oh but there were only good. three ducks taken total. And three ducks, we probably shot maybe between the three of us, we probably shot maybe ten to twelve times. I'm sorry, you lost me at you only brought home one duck. That's not hey, very good. Listen, by my standards, that's a great hunt. That's a great okay. <laughs> well, if I'd, if I'd have had more time, we, we'd, we'd have stayed a few more days and worked them some more. But There you go. It is what right. it is. Okay, everyone. So for our tradition spotlight today, we're going to do some of people's favorite tradition, except it doesn't really happen anymore. So today we're going to be talking about the balloons at football. So Clemson's balloon tradition began on November 12th in 1983 when 3,000 Clemson students arrived to Death Valley at 7 a.m. to blow up 363,729 balloons. At the time, it was a Guinness Book of World Records record. So it's just, you know, it's a world record. And all, and so what happens is these fans release the balloons right at the beginning of the game when they run down the hill. So, you know, the famous clip of it's the most exciting 25 seconds in college football, that includes the balloons. So we're a little disappointed that we can't have those anymore. This tradition sadly ended in 2017. There have been multiple members of the community, um, of just Clemson community as a whole, that have been trying to get this tradition back. But as of right now, we do not run down with the balloons. But the balloons was a great tradition running from 1983 to 2017, and maybe we'll be able to see it again one day. I would love to see it come back. Um, that was one of the coolest things to me growing up was just seeing. I would, when I was obviously less interested in football because I was kind of too short to see the field, typically I would just pick a balloon and watch it and see how far I could watch it fly away. Um <laughs> But no, I, I love the balloons tradition. Um, I know we've had some people in Central Spirit working with the community, trying to bring it back. Um, here's hoping uh, that it, it'll it be back before we graduate. Um, but yeah, let's move on to some sports. Uh, we got women's basketball. We had a one-on-one start to ACC play. Um, can't complain about that. We got a win. Uh, we had a big one at, uh, at Virginia uh, in Charlottesville. We got 71 to 55, 11 players scored. That's when you have solid depth is you have 11 players scoring 40 from our bench. Good showing. 
that's just teamwork right there. You know, that's yeah. something that you don't see very often. Being able, 11 players, that is, that's more players than some high school rosters have. So that is just an impressive showing by the women. And then sadly, we suffered our first loss of the season for women's basketball, 80 to 71 at Pittsburgh. But starting ACC play, two games on the road is always going to be tough. So coming out one and one isn't too bad. Even though we lost in the game against Pitt, we had a couple stars show out. Amari Robinson and Gabby Elliott both had 17 points, which is incredible. It was a high-scoring affair, obviously. The total being 151 is pretty insane for women's basketball. But the offense looked good. We could have we shot a little better. Um, we shot less than 40%, and we only shot 22% from three which could get improved, but we still scored 71 points and two of our girls scoring 17. So it's okay that we had our first loss of the season. One and one to start ACC play, both on the road. That will be okay. That was fine. And then we had someone else start ACC play. We had the men's basketball team who had three games this week, including two big wins and obviously one loss. But that first win, a big win over Maryland, 67 to 51. That's a huge 16 point win in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Weston, man, you you were at the game. What'd you think of it? Um, I actually didn't get to make it the game. I watched every second of it on TV, but we looked, I mean, we looked good. The defense um, showed up and showed out like we've been seeing a lot this season. Um, Amir doing what he does best, carrying a, a, a double digit point load. 16 points for him. We had four guys in double digits, um, which is another good sign that we're not just going to be like, hey, if Amir's not cooking, we're not scoring. Uh, 45% from the floor and from behind the arc, great numbers. 45 from behind the arc is a great thing to have. We know we're not always going to shoot that well, but the games we do get that, we are going to be very thankful. Um, We had another game this Saturday against Alabama in Atlanta, and it was basketball, not football. Um, 64-56, uh, big win over them. Alamir Dawes, another double-digit game. We knew he was going to be good. He was he was a pretty stalwart for us last year. Um, big defensive stand at the end of the game, um, which is what I think the Clemson grit is being built on this year, is we're playing really good defense, playing really scrappy, hard-nosed defense. Um, the pressure full court, I that's been a lot of fun to watch. It's it's one of those things that you know when you see it you kind of you kind of have to look twice. Let's be honest, you know that full court press is something you sometimes only see in movies and things like that. But we've come out just pressuring everybody, and it has very, worked. Very very rarely do you see like a big college program consistently running a full court press. A because you're playing against talented guys that know how to break the press. B, it's just a press is hard to run. Like a press, yeah. you have to be very disciplined to run a press. You got to be able to react and you got to be able to, you got to have great court vision and it's worked well this year. And even more, it shows our depth. You know, when you're running a four court press like that, all of a sudden guys are going to get tired. That's a lot of, you know, it's those extra reps moving a lot more. So being able to have people, the endurance of the starters and even more than that, the ability to know they're running a four court press, they may get tired. Just bring in the bench. They've been doing great this year. Um, and the defense has been fantastic. In those two wins, limiting the teams to score in the 50s is really good. Now, 
The defense once again looked fantastic, but we could not pull out a win, sadly, in our 66-60 to loss against Virginia Tech. Um, Al Amir again, 18 points. What a showing. I don't know about y'all. You know, he's kind of been one of those surprise factors for the season so far, scoring as much as he does, playing fantastic. And then Amir Sims, obviously. Everyone saw it coming. He scored 15 points. But it was a defensive battle, this was. If you watch the game, um, for you listeners, the announcer said it over and over and over and over again. These are two strong defensive teams. Every shot that goes up is a highly contested shot. It's not going to be easy. And they just scored a little more than us. 66-60. It's not a super high-scoring game. I think we can take some positives out of it, Weston. You know, this loss to the start of the ACC play, but the two big wins. What does that make you think is going on for the rest of the season? Um. I think there's a bright future. I mean, obviously, you can't you can't judge a whole season off of one game. Um, I think the fact that we kept this game this close, I was checking the box score afterwards. A, a, a comment on Amir. Um, Amir only had yeah, – I think he had only taken two shots, one shot, one or two. Yeah, no, no, he took two and made one by halftime. And then he scored 13 points in the second half. Um, it was good to see – it was good to see him get going eventually. But looking at the box score at the end of the game – we shot 40% from behind the arc, which, which is good, which I love to see. But when you go over to the overall field goal percentage, we shot 38%. Not very good. I think what we can take out of that is that we shot 38% from the field, which, which I'll just say is bad. Like 38% from the field is not good. But we lost by six points. Exactly. The defense, you know – and we talked about, you know, you said Amir only took two shots in that first half. And while I think you should take more, more shots than that, watching the game, you have to give huge credit to Virginia Tech. Um, yes. Aluma, Aluma and Amir were going head-to-head, um, 22 versus 25, going right at each other. It was a show to watch. It was Those were the two best players on the floor, and they shut each other down, which is always going to be big. I, I feel I feel confident going forward. I think I think the guys are ready to take on the tough ACC schedule. I think it's I think we're going to make a, a solid run this year. I've been saying that after since since watching the first few games. Just there's a different vibe around this team. Yeah, they seem excited. We kind of have an easy week this week, um, which is going to be nice. Give the guys a little rest, a little holiday break, which would be wonderful. But then all of a sudden, December 29th, we start off against Florida State, who's 15 in the nation right now. And that's all of a sudden when we start really the core of ACC play. And we're going to have – we have – starting on the 29th of December through the end of January, we have four ranked teams that we have to play right there. So that's, there's no stepping into it, you know, easy easy road. It worked. We're going to get punched in the mouth and let's see what plan we have. Cause as someone once said, everyone has a plan to get punched in the mouth. And I think we can do the punching this year with our defense. I, I think agree. We have, I totally agree. I think we have the ability to really shut down people on defense and see what they're made of. So I'm excited for the season coming up. Um, it's going to be a good one. And then as they start ACC play, we have another team that's ending ACC play, obviously, on Saturday. 
It's football. It's back. It's part two, Weston. The big kahuna. This is what it all comes down to. Uh, part two, round two, whatever you want to call it, the rematch. Um, I've heard it. I've heard it dubbed uh, numerous things. We have uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on four o'clock this Saturday. All uh, right, Weston. I have to ask. Yes. They're the Fighting Irish. Who are they fighting? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I guess like, we're playing that week. Are they fighting the Fighting Illini over in Illinois? You know, when they have fighting in the name, what's I always wanted to know who they're fighting. That is true. Uh, if you look at the logo, the, the leprechaun, he's got his fists up, so he's clearly ready to fight somebody. He's ready to go, I guess. Uh, sure, I guess. Let's hope they don't get uh, too much fighting on Saturday, except between the trenches. Uh, I like I, I love Smash Mouth football, but when it comes to throwing punches, that's just when I'm like, yeah, no, not cool. Um, got a lot to talk about with this game. It's gonna a lot of playoff implications, um, a lot of uh, a lot of talk around this game. Obviously, game day is gonna be there. It's um, two versus three. Uh, Clemson, being the, even though we are the lower ranked team. We are a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. The question is, do we cover? Yes. Yeah. Now, for I, you know, obviously, with the Orange Overall podcast, we're a Clemson podcast. We are subjective. We are very subjective, but I truly think we got this this week. Uh, you can listen. If you listen really close, I am knocking on wood. I am <laughs> not going to do anything, but. I feel good about this week. Um, ten and a half point favorite. Um, for some reason, Vegas always they know a lot, so that made me feel a little more comfortable. And then another line is sixty and a half over under. And the reason this is significant is because that means that everyone thinks it's going to be a high scoring game. When you have and like that, that means it's a high scoring game and. Notre Dame doesn't see very many of those. Everyone keeps talking about the Notre Dame defense, the Notre Dame defense, the Notre Dame defense. So when you all of a sudden you see the over-under be 60 and a half, how effective is that defense going to be? Are people predicting that we take over that defense and Trevor being back and the boys on offense can really make that defense look silly? Or I That's the one thing that when I see a line like that, it kind of – it kind of makes me look at it twice because if they're really as good of a defense, is it going to be that high scoring of a game? Vegas always seems to know something we don't know. I mean, you think of, you think of how many lines are set in a football season, just football alone, and how often it's dancing right around the number. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking along the lines you're thinking too. I think – I mean, with 60 and a half, that's a, that's a big number. That's, that's like a, a 35, 30 kind of game or a, or a 27, 30 kind of, game. like, like, a, like not a small scoring affair. Um, my, my thought process with this game is I think it's either going to be really, really close. Like or really, really not. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to be like a, like a, Oh, Clemson or Notre Dame wins by 10 points. I think it's someone's going to win by three or less or someone's going to win by, like, 17. Like, it's it's not going to be – I mean, I could always be wrong. I've been wrong numerous times before. Um, but I don't know. It's just – it's got that vibe to it that it's either 
the real part, the real team's going to show one real team's going to show up or both of them are going to show up and it's going to be going to be a dog fight. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, can in another narrative that not many people talk about, obviously Notre, D, Notre Dame being number two, but can Notre Dame come take the ACC crown from Clemson? Clemson's the five time defending ACC champion. And that got to give them a little bit of comfort with them being in the same stadium in Charlotte. Right. They get to play. They've been there before. They've been under the same lights. They've been on the same turf. But at the same time, I may, I think this may be the hardest ACC championship game they've had in that run. And we've, uh, we'll be in a different locker room. This will be the first time we're in the visitors' locker room. Because Did that play, who knows? Who knows? Um, so. We talk about Trevor. He'll be back. He'll make a huge difference. Um, I say huge. Uh, we talk about how great of a quarterback DJ has been in his fill-in time when Trevor was out with COVID. But uh, I think there's just going to be some situations that Trevor's just – he's going to make a play and extend drives, um, use him as a running threat, uh, use him as – I mean, his passing obviously will hopefully get Travis going. I, I, I think teams have keyed in on Travis and just said Trevor beat us, which I think is also kind of a dumb thing to do, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how Notre Dame tries to attack it. Uh, but another big talking point, especially among us Clemson fans will be the defense. Um, it's It's going yeah. to be exciting. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we can show that we're the real defense in the ACC that yes, we gave up some points, but really when you look, we've been kind of unhealthy and everything. So once we're healthy, we've been unstoppable, it really looks like, as a defense. You know, Skowski should be back. He only played one drive in the last game we saw. But hopefully they were just saving him up for this one. It's been two so, weeks since. I do have some information on the Skowski thing. Um, okay. Uh, who happens to be close with the team. I will not disclose names uh, just because privacy reasons. Uh, he said that Skowski took himself out. Um, he felt a little twinge, um, and he knew that he could play if he needed to, but he knew we had the big game coming up, and he just wanted to make sure he was prepared as possible. The trainers agreed with him. The coaches agreed with him. So he, uh, he sat out the rest of the game. Um, I was – that was actually more comforting than the staff making the call. Was that – Absolutely. Himself. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, when the staff does it, that kind of makes it seem like it's more serious. But when he says, hey – I, I know we got something coming up, and the staff said he could still play. He's going to be on this field. Right. And him, him being on the field is going to be huge. Um, and, you know, we've had two games. And, honestly, our defense, the word that I like to use is angry. We've looked angry. When we make mm-hmm. hits, we hit them hard. When the defensive line's going for that quarterback, they're not kind of slowing down and barely hitting him. They're trying to run through him. Um, so that's going to be something to watch. And the big thing when it comes to the defense is how are we going to do on third downs? Um, Notre Dame, the first time we played them, converted 10 out of 19 third downs. So honestly, we can't do that again. Um, just a general college football stat. You got to do better of making them not convert so many times on third down. But we got a healthy defense. It is not in South Bend. So hopefully that stat can go down a little bit and we can really show out. Now, my question to you, Weston, 
you know, we talk about our defense and all that and Notre Dame's defense against our offense. Now, one thing that seems to not be proven is the Notre Dame offense. They're not getting a lot of respect when it comes to reporters. Ian Book himself is not getting very much respect. Do you think he deserves it? Is Ian Book a legit college playoff quarterback? It's hard for me to say no, but I also don't know if I want to say yes just yet. I think if he beats us, then yes, obviously. Um, he's proven himself. It's just, A, I haven't watched enough Notre Dame football to really – I have a very small, small sample size of Ian Book. Uh, one of those games being the playoff game two years ago when they absolutely throttled him. Um, but he's also come a long way. He, did, he looked very good in our first game. Um, he's looked better since in some highlights I've seen. Um, I think, I think this game kind of makes that decision. I think if he uh, if he steps up and show and gives another great performance that gets his team to win, I say absolutely. But I also don't think though if he loses, it's de- like a definite like oh no, Ian Book is definitely like who we thought we, he was. It just might be that he ran into a really good defense. Um, he's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm more worried about playing him now than I was last time. And then we even have a healthier defense this time. I just, I think he's got a little bit of confidence there that that's been missing. I mean, being one of the only undefeated teams left in the country, I mean, that'll, that'll do some for your confidence. Um, but I think, I think, I think this will be a very telling game. What do you think about it? I think, I don't know if he can score enough points to, come over a offense like a Clemson or an Alabama or maybe a Florida. Um, I think Notre Dame has stayed in a lot of games because um, they just truly, they have a good defense. It's going to be a defensive battle. And if Clemson's offense, which I think is going to really outdo the Notre Dame defense with, Trevor and Travis, I think that's going to be something to watch. Is not necessarily Trevor's passing game, but the thought of Trevor passing the ball is going to make these linebackers and everyone kind of back up. And I think it's going to let Travis really have himself a day. So if we score points like we think with a 60-and-a-half point over-under, if Clemson scores 30 points – I don't know if Ian Book can score 33. I think he can score 17, but if Clemson scores more than 17, I think he's done. I think that's a very I think that's very fair and I was going to I was going to kind of jump on that with you is like I think he's been a good quarterback. He's, I think he's gotten better obviously, but I think he's also been a good quarterback because he's had such a strong defense and it's a lot easier to play offense when the other offense isn't scoring. You don't have them breathing down your neck like, "Oh man, I got to keep up." Or, oh, I got to make sure I stay ahead of them. Um, but uh, that's a little bit about the preview for the game. We could talk about this for another two hours, just every little nitpicky thing. Um, but obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the rankings like we always do. For us, it's very simple. We win, we're in, end of story. We lose, we're not. I just – I don't think – I don't think if, if we lose this game, I don't think there's any way we're in. They'll now – now I do have a I do have a little question. So, you know, we we see all the scenarios. 
Iowa State right now is number six. Mm-hmm. And they have two losses. Um, and so all of a sudden, let's say Clemson loses. Let's hope not, but let's say they do. And Northwestern beats Ohio State. Is it going to be A&M and Iowa State? Or could a two-loss Clemson team, both losses to the number two team, possibly stay ahead of a two-loss Iowa State team that lost by 17 points to Louisiana? I, I see where you're going with that. I, and I agree. I think there, there should be some talk about us just because, like, you can see the talent on our roster. I think what's going to hold us back is our two losses are to the only two teams we've really played. Yeah. Iowa, um, State, Iowa State's beat Oklahoma. Iowa State's beat Texas. I mean, Texas isn't back, but, like, Texas is no much of a program. They beat Sam Ellinger. I just – I think Iowa State in the end has a better resume than us. Yeah, I really think – and, you know, looking at – like Miami losing this past weekend, dropping all the way down to 18. They went from 10 to 18. Exactly. Miami's still at 10. Maybe we have a chance at argument. Right. We 18. lost a lot of credibility. Yeah. We lost a lot of credibility with, with Miami dropping that far. Yeah. So that's going to be hard. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Iowa State. Do you think they should be number six is my question. Um, me personally, Louisiana's ranked 19. They have a better record. They beat them by 17 points. You know, one thing I found really interesting is watching the rankings last night when they came out. Reese Davis talked about, oh, the committee talks about how every game matters. But for some reason, they don't care about that first game, that first week loss. So is it is it all eye test and the committee just thinks they're the number six team in the nation? Or what is it? I personally think they should be eight or nine, but number six to me seems way too high. I agree. It's weird to see them up at number six, but I think what you then started got to start looking at is who would you put ahead of them? I think Cincinnati. I, yeah, so I was about to say, I think Cincinnati should maybe be up there. Um, but other than that, I don't know who you put ahead of Iowa State. Well, I don't think you put USC or Coastal. I think because USC's what played five games, four games, maybe. Ohio State's played five games in the number. Yeah, four. they they've got their eye test thing going on. They have they have the number two quarterback in the country. If we're being honest, um, actually, I'm gonna call talent it. Goes. I'm gonna call it three. Kyle Trask, maybe even four with Mac Jones. But yeah, that's a high, I, I think as far as raw talent team. goes, I think as far as raw talent goes, I think it's Justin Fields is number two. But as far as performing on the field, I definitely agree with you. Um, but yeah, and I think I obviously think I think with Louisiana, be, Louisiana being in the top twenty-five, it helps Iowa State's look out tremendously. I think if I if I think if Louisiana were a, a seven-loss team right now, and one of their three wins was against Iowa State, then I think Iowa would probably be closer to the 10-11 range. I think because the fact that they lost to that team, who's having see, it, who's having a phenomenal season. I mean, Louisiana is never ranked in the top 25. The fact that they are means that they have a really good team this year. It's like Coastal. Like, Coastal's not going to go out and, and beat a giant. But if they do, it's going to be like, whoa, Coastal's having an amazing season. It doesn't look like that terrible of a loss. Yep. 
I 100% agree on that. But at the same time, I'm not sure if Louisiana not being a top 10 or a top 25 team means that much for one reason, one reason only, and that gets us to the next team, Florida. So Florida right now is number seven, and they have one of those losses to the teams that you talked about in LSU, losing to LSU last week, who only had three wins going into that game, are now four and five with one of those wins being Florida, and they only dropped one spot. So I don't know. It's That's another one, um, but the real thing that we have to ask you about the Florida is Weston, did you watch the game? Absolutely. It was amazing. What you think of the shoe, man? I just kind of stared at my TV in disbelief. I was like, did he did he actually just what? Like I was dude, I was so like, there's no way that actually happened. It's what really put it over the edge for what I'm gonna say is one of the greatest college football moments was not only did he throw the shoe and get a penalty, but the ref clarified it as personal foul. He threw the LSU player's shoe 20 yards down the field. If he just said personal foul, you know, that's his first personal foul, and then that was it? Okay. But the clip of the ref saying he threw the LSU player's shoe 20 yards down the field is going in the record books and in that vault as one of the greatest moments. So that's was fantastic for Florida. And then A&M being five, obviously, I think they sadly, but not sadly me, not being a particular fan of A&M, they're all Notre Dame fans this week. I think they are all, they are Notre Dame and Northwestern fans knowing those are their two chances to get in. If one of those teams pulls it out, I think A&M gets in. Yeah, I don't know. I think if we – I'm still of the opinion that if we blitz Notre Dame, like if it's like a three-possession kind of win, I think Notre Dame drops. Because they play, they play us at 65% capacity and we take them to double OT, then they turn around and play us again at – we won't be a hundred, but we'll be like 90, 95 and they get blown out. Like, that's just like a recipe, like for like, cause what do they do? Put them at four and let them play Alabama. Like, come on now. Like that's just, we, that's, we, we already saw that. It didn't go well. Exactly. So I think, I think, yeah, I think if it's a close game, I think Notre Dame stays in, but I think if we absolutely blitz them, I think Notre Dame's out, but I agree with you. I think Texas A&M is either Notre Dame Notre Dame win, period, or we blitz them, and then Northwestern win. I don't think they want anything. to They they I, they definitely want Ohio State going now. For sure. And then, honestly, they still have a game to play. They still have to play Tennessee. Obviously, it's Tennessee. But in Rocky Top on the road, we've seen a lot scarier things happen this season. So, Bro, LSU just beat Florida in the swamp. Like, anything can happen. Anything can happen in 2020. And – Going on, anything can happen in 2020. Coastal Carolina is undefeated. They are still undefeated. We have a barely. We have a undefeated Power Five conference team that is nowhere near the playoff talk. So those are two storylines that 
you wouldn't see anywhere else in 2020. What do you think of Coastal and USC? Honestly, kind of getting disrespected being 12 and 13 in the rankings, but being both undefeated. I think the USC thing is you just haven't played games. The Pac-12 hasn't been stiff competition anyways. Um, it, it, it not just this year, but in, in past years, uh, the Pac-12 has just been very weak. Um, they've always had like one team, maybe possibly they're talking about making the playoff and then they lose. So, like, I mean, we haven't, we haven't seen the Pac-12 on the national stage except for in the Rose Bowl because that's, they get an automatic bid to the Rose Bowl. Um, as long as it's not the playoff like it is this year. Um, Coastal is just one of those teams. Yeah, they played BYU, but they can't. You can't justify putting them like, like a Florida. Like, are you really going to rank them ahead of Florida? We all know if Florida and Coastal played, Florida would probably light them up. I I don't want you to be hating on the Mullins. No, no, think- no, 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 no. I love Coastal. I'm so happy there. But I'm just saying. I just trying to think of this as an unbiased view from the like from the committee's point of view. I don't think you can put them ahead of the teams that are ahead of them. I just don't think you can. I, I can agree with you on the coastal. Um, and then obviously USC does not have a ranked win, which is hurting them. But is there any way that you see, and we'll throw Cincinnati in there, three undefeated teams. Is there any way you see one of them making the playoff? The only way Cincinnati, the only way Cincinnati gets in Northwestern wins. Tennessee beats A&M. Iowa State loses. I don't know if they even have another game. Iowa State loses. So Iowa State plays Oklahoma. If Oklahoma yes. wins, could they jump Cincinnati? No. I think Oklahoma I think I think Oklahoma screws the Big 12 if they win. Okay. Uh, but I'm saying a lot's going to have to go right for Cincinnati. We're going to lose we're going to have to lose uh A&M will have to lose. Florida will have to lose. Iowa State will have to lose. I think everybody ahead of them is going to have to lose in order for them to make it. And they're going to have so, – some of them are going to have to lose bad too. I just – like I think they'll probably put a two-loss us in over a Cincinnati. There will be national media outrage, but they'll – we'll probably get – a two-loss us will get put in. A close two lo- – close two losses to Notre Dame would probably get in over Cincinnati. Whether I agree that's fair or not – it comes back down to which is it the which team is most deserving or which is the best team. Yep. So that's a little look at the college football playoff. Um, it's going to be an interesting week, depending on what happens, depending how these championship games go. We'll see who, you know, there could be a lot of discussion on Sunday. Luckily we get it immediately on Sunday. We do not have to wait till Tuesday. So it'll be exciting to see where everyone ends up what games are being played, what bowl games are being played. Sadly, we already saw one bowl game get canceled with the Frisco Bowl scheduled for Saturday, which is no longer going to be happening with SMU having some COVID issues. But we have a national holiday, the day of the recording. We're recording here on Wednesday. It's National Signing Day. National Signing Day. National Signing Day for colleges. Um, I was watching Dabo Sweeney, obviously our fantastic, wonderful coach. He said Christmas is next week, but for Clemson football, Christmas was today. We have a fantastic class, number four overall cast or class, with it being 18 players overall. 
Um, signing 18 players is fantastic. And we have a couple really huge ones. Obviously, we have one five-star in Jeremiah Trotter Jr. He is going to be – he's the number one outside linebacker, and he's the number seven overall recruit. So we all look forward to him coming on campus, elevating the defense. Um, we have a little more offensive signees than defense, um, but that's okay. You know, some years we got more defense, some years we got more offense. Coach Venables may not be the happiest. He may want, you know, all the defensive players, but we got a pretty good um, showing with uh, another huge stat, 16 four-star recruits, Weston, 16. That's a lot. Um, that's it's, – it's fun watching these recruiting classes as they've gotten, be- they've gotten better and better over the years as being a Clemson fan. Uh, I'm very interested in Will Shipley. He's been a guy we've been talking about as Clemson fans for quite some time now. Um, some some folks have dubbed him as the next Christian McCaffrey. That's a that's a lot of shoes to fill. Um, he he has the build as it you know he does have the build five um, eleven running back. He's he's similar. He's he's probably watched a lot of Christian McCaffrey. Obviously coming out of Matthews, North Carolina. He's right. Probably watched, he's watched the Panthers the last couple of years. So who knows? Um. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. We have two QBs who both committed. They're also going to play baseball for us, um, like our, our guy DJ's doing now. Um, Will Taylor and Bella Chandler, they'll be both a lot of fun to watch on the diamond and on the turf. Um, always fun seeing the new guys that are coming into Clemson. Uh, it was – Wait, what? It was interesting. Um, Dabo, you know, always with his jokes, you know, last year National Signing Day with the Ojoa Joe came out with the Dabo Dabo. He always has a classic one-liner on signing day. This year's, it was, he always likes to come up with nicknames for each signing class. And obviously, him not meeting some of the people in person at all, it being 2020, this signing class he nicknamed the Pandemic Posse. Yep, that's a Dabo name, for sure. That's, there is no doubt that Dabo came up with that in his little brain with his dad joke. That is it, Pandemic Posse is the perfect Dabo joke. That is Dabo Sweeney if I've ever heard it before in my entire life. Um, gotta love our coach. Gotta love what he's doing with the program. Um, talk about the quarterbacks playing baseball. We got a few fun stats to share about baseball because who doesn't love baseball? I think spring training for Major League Baseball is in like 100-something days. Like, I'm so excited. It's not even that long. It's probably like in, like in the 70s. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about this This uh, couple of these stats that Clemson Baseball posted on their Instagram. We got our longest home runs, 447 feet from Mr. Caden Grice. That is insane, Weston. That is an absolute missile. I was trying to think – I was trying to think of some DKS where that would land. And I think if it's, it's over the grill in right field. Oh, it's, it's over the Cajun Cafe for sure. And – if it's in left field, does that go over the little awning over the student section? I think it may hit it. It may not go I, I over. I think it hits the top. It hits the back of it. It's the top back of it for sure. So 447 is huge. Um, the top five longest home runs, as he said, that one being big. Alex Irvin, 417. Bryce Teodosio, who's been playing, he's been playing great the last couple of years with 416. Jonathan French, 408, 
And then I was surprised this was only his longest at 404. Chad Ferry at 404. I think he can hit some longer ones this season. He showed out last year as being an absolute monster and a beast that could hit absolute nukes. So we're looking forward to, you know, the big hitters, the sluggers. But then one role that, you know, we'll talk about it a little more once we get closer to baseball season, but we're going to have to fill some big shoes on the mound. We lost some pitchers, but when it comes to just pure fast pitching, we got it this year. Um, we got some huge fastest velos coming off with six of the fastest velos all being over over 90, three of them being over 95 miles an hour. Three being over 95 is ridiculous, and it being led by the tall man himself, Mr. Carter Raffield. Mr. Carter Raffield. Be throwing 97. That is humming. Could you hit a 97? Could you hit a 97 mile per hour fastball, Weston? How many tries do I get? 10. No. If I, I put a, I put a pitching machine, 97 miles an hour, fastballs only, I give you 10 swings. Nope, not happening. I think you'll be looking like you and bench warmers out there. Somebody get his sword. <laughs> Dude, like you just have to at that point, like if you like if you don't have the kind of prior baseball experience, like I'm just swinging the bat guessing, like hoping the ball's going to be there. Like there's one of those where you have to start swinging before the ball's out of his hand. Correct. But the thing is though, if I were to get it all, get get a bat on the ball, Odds are it's going in the outfield because it's already moving fast enough. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Who, who knows if I've ever get a battle. If you gave me like 100 tries, I feel like I'd hit like two tops. Two out of 100. You think you would hit .002 against 97-mile-per-hour fastballs knowing they're coming? Me, Weston Whitfield, 21 years old, standing right, sitting here as we speak. Yeah, I'd only hit like two of them. Okay, everyone. So everyone in the Orange Overall Podcast, we have officially declared – Nicholas Villarreal, Big Texas, the most athletic member. Whoa, 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 whoa. No no one said anything about that. No one said anything about the athleticism involved in all that. The hand-eye coordination is what we were were talking about. But, yeah, so we got some other other guys throwing some heat. Rob Hughes and Mac Anglin, uh, both throwing 96. Um, Ty Olinchuk, is that how you sound to say his last name? We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yeah, 94, him and him, Evan Estridge and Landon Lucas all throwing 94. We got some we got some heaters coming out coming on the uh, the mound this year. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um and then our last little bit from our top fall fall performances is our exit velo, because these are the numbers we're looking at now in baseball. Um our leader was Mr. Briar Hawkins with 111 miles an hour. Um ball's coming off the bat pretty fast. That that had to be off of Carter's ninety-seven mile hour fastball. Probably. Um, he's at one eleven. Uh, Caden Dryce, Matthew Lumsden, and Bo Bo Mikowski. Um, love watching him play. They were all at one hundred and ten, and then Chad Ferry, Jonathan French, and uh, Mister Teodosio were all at one hundred and nine. Um, hopefully, we got some big bats in the lineup this year. Uh, we know we're we know we're going to have a few guys returning on the mound, uh, but the bats are going to be. The essential this year. Um, looking forward to all of that. So next, um, next up, guys, we're gonna have some interviews for you. Now, 
I got to make a comment right now. We, uh, we're interviewing Mr. Nicholas Jamrong next. Um, you'll hear that one first. And I have to call him out. He, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the movie that was coming out, Safety. And Nicholas Jamrong told me that it was Ray McElrick Bay, is how you pronounce it. And I was able to watch the movie. We'll bring it down a little next week. But Nick Jamrock, you were just completely wrong. Oh, it is Ray Michael Rathbay. It is nowhere near Miguel Rathbay. It is just straight Ray Michael Rathbay. So sadly, he couldn't pronounce the name. But now we have two awesome interviews for you guys. We have one with Mr. Nick Jamrock, our VP Finance, and then with Miss Quinn Allen, our VP Internal. So, guys, check it out. All right, everybody, welcome to another interview here on the Orange Overalls podcast. We're, we're taking the time. We're getting to know all of our new executive board members here in Central Spirit. Today, we have our good friend, Nick Jamrog. Nick, say hello to the people. What's up, guys? How are y'all doing? Um, Nick is a good friend of ours. Nick, you are VP Finance, correct? Absolutely. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, taking over for Ethan this year. Uh, today, we just want to get get to know you a little bit more. Let the let the community, let our organization know a little bit more about you. What makes you tick? Maybe some some interesting, embarrassing stories if you feel like sharing. Um, but we're actually going to ask you deep, personal questions, very intimate, personal questions about you. All right, I'm ready. Let's go. You can choose whether to answer them or not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just. First off, just kind of introduce yourself, uh, what you're doing here at Clemson, anything you're involved in other than Central Spirit, just a brief overview. All right. Uh, so my name is Nick Jamrog. I am a junior, second semester, technically uh, from Blythewood, South Carolina. Um, I'm an industrial engineering major. And outside of Central Spirit, I've been on co-op for the last year um, with a company up in uh, – Mount Airy, good old Mount Airy, North Carolina, uh, making service trucks and doing quality engineering for them. Awesome, awesome. You, you had, have you had fun? Have you missed Clemson, but have you had fun? Uh, it's been a good experience. Um, obviously, I miss everybody at Clemson. Um, the disconnect has kind of been a little rough, but I mean, you know, uh, being up there, getting the work done, getting experience has been awesome. But say I know it's probably been nice to be studying all this engineering stuff and then finally get to put a little bit of it into practice, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's one thing to go from a bunch of the classes that I've been doing from when I was a freshman and then applying it, and it's another thing entirely to go into the work workforce and actually see what it's like to be in the position that I've been studying for. I mean, it's it's just been awesome. Awesome. Good to hear. Um, going back a little to your Central Spirit days, you know, you talked about how you're really involved in Central Spirit, obviously becoming B VP Finance. What are your favorite memories out of Central Spirit? What are the two or three that really stand out? So my usually the best one that I've had um, was running the flag my for uh, Georgia Tech, the home opener last year, Thursday night game. Everybody wasn't was anticipating it because it was the year after we won the Natty. Um, and it was just like giving me goosebumps the entire day, the entire summer go, uh, going up to it. And then outside of that, uh, 
I'd say um, probably the Louisville basketball game this past season because, I mean, it was a hype one. We had baseball opening weekend. We had a bunch of different sports going on. And then to to cap it all off, you had the big upset against Louisville. Um, That really kind of just made the entire weekend just fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. We don't normally talk about that Louisville game. We I was about to say, that's not the basketball upset we usually refer to on this show, but that'll cut it this time. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there for the Duke one. There you watching go. on TV. There it is. There's, <laughs> there's the Duke basketball game reference. We reference the Duke basketball game at least once an episode, and there yes. it is. Thank there you, it is. It was Jamrog. Absolutely. We didn't even have to do it. It was Jamrog did it for us. What a, what a, oh, yeah. what a friend of the podcast. What a friend of the podcast. Um. So uh, a little bit more about Clemson and what you love about it. Um, <clears throat> Clemson celebrity. All right. So I need, I need y'all to clarify something for me real quick. Are we okay. talking like in town person or like athlete? Because so I got ways to go both ways in that. Either or. Both. <laughs> so however, how, heck yeah, both. We got time. <laughs> All right. So I would say in town, the legend DJ Shea. DJ, that is a Clemson celebrity for sure. Two of our Clemson celebrities have so far been DJ Shea and Mr. Ween. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, you know, because Shea, he's like, he's everywhere doing everything for for us as far as making sure the environment's always up and just, I guess, vibing, if if that's a good word for it. And, I mean, he pretty much... Got the Absolutely. lingo down. Oh, yeah. Um, and then as far as sports go, it's a toss-up, you know. I mean, being here since 2017, I'm an old person now. Uh, so I'd say either Hunter Renfro or uh, Chase Bryce, you know. The Syracuse game always lives in my memory. Chase okay. Bryce is in the uh... – I think he's in a tier of his own when it comes to Clemson athletes. Oh, absolutely. Just the mystique of the backup quarterback, um, the the Syracuse win. I mean, it's it's tough to beat that. It's one of those yeah. you get your name called and you go in and you put on a show. There's nothing like it. That that's technically how Tua got his start. So that is, yeah, Chase could be the next Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, sadly, he's not performing. He's not doing having a great year at Duke, but there's always a chance. All he needs is, you know, maybe they put him on the practice squad. Let him let him build that swagger back up of being the backup. Let's see it. I mean, he could have that Nick Foles moment, you know, with the with the uh, Eagles Super Bowl. He came in backup. as backup. Backup seemed to be dominating. So hey, shout out to Chase Bryce if you're listening to this somehow, some way. Shout out to you for being a fantastic Clemson celebrity, really known for one game. So, but that's <laughs> awesome to hear. Um, we want to get to know, you know, how'd you get to Clemson? What, uh, were you always a Clemson fan? Um, you know, you talk about being here since 2017, 2016, 2015. How'd you get here? So, <clears throat> as you were saying, you know me, Tex, you know me too, Weston, uh, me and Tex are big Michigan guys before Clemson. Obviously, Clemson reigns supreme now, um, and it always has been since I've gotten here. But 
going into it, uh, I, before Clemson, worked at South Carolina for football games and, like, baseball and basketball games selling peanuts. I was that guy that ran through the stands. Uh, Were you selling normal peanuts or ball peanuts? Oh, uh, actually, it's a cinnamon glazed peanut, if I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. That sounds fantastic. You know? <laughs> that was, I was not expecting that answer at all. Oh, yeah. Bavarian nut, man. Go look it up. Those of y'all that are uh, listening to the podcast, Bavarian Nuts, it's uh, the great little shameless brand thing. Shameless. Absolutely shameless. Um, no free ads, but no. Free oh, yeah. Hopefully that can be a ad Sponsor for us, please. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I went there, uh, got to know that fan base. Not the best, honestly. Grew up around them in Columbia. Um, being the outlier that I was because uh, Michigan at the time was the big school for me. Uh, didn't really get along with them. It wasn't great. So I was like, you know what? Clemson has, has been the up and coming. Uh, now you see, at least for football, we're, we've been dominant for the last six years now, seven. I mean, yeah. it can be 10 for all I care. I'd, yeah. Um, I uh, came up here for industrial, for engineering, mechanical first, didn't really work out, but now industrials treat me pretty well. And uh, that's how I got up here. I only applied to Clemson and South Carolina with South Carolina being a second choice. That's why it's your second choice. question. Is. Yeah, that's my favorite question is I always ask in-state people that, that can't come to Clemson, is, was Clemson the only place you applied to? And I mean, basically you only applied to one place because I mean, you wouldn't want to go to South Carolina. I feel like oh, on no. a podcast i can trash carolina like that right yes but you can't Absolutely. you cannot trash coastal carolina they're up and coming yes well and i have been i've, I've been to coast coast is pretty cool i don't know anything I mean, it's, it's at the beach so like there's that but so um now we want to give you a little bit of opportunity we know you had a speech uh for your for your election um, but now here's a, we want to give you a chance to kind of expand maybe on some of the things you talked about. Um, what are some ideas you want to continue forward um, with the VP Finest? Is there anything new you want to do? Is there anything you want to continue to do? Um, now it's just kind of your free time to kind of share some of your, your vision moving forward with your position. All right. So as, as far as like VP Finance goes, the big thing that we couldn't really do this year was the uh, tradition uh, $2 bills. And that was something that because of COVID couldn't really distribute them to everybody because, you know, we didn't want to, we wanted to limit the spread of the virus. Good old COVID, um, man. Oh man, I know. Um, on, on top of that, you know, doing posts with in town, um, this is like your pie, Groucho's, Chick-fil-A, hopefully. Chipotle is um, a really easy process. Really, actually. I didn't know that. Just did one last week. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, And then on top of that, you know, being involved with uh, helping uh, Dawson VP external with funding for our uh, scholarships for road trips. And then, you know, something new that I kind of want to try to do is do a proceeds night not involving food, like going to like a bowling alley, like maybe an Oconee or something like that doing teaming up with some sort of activity place in the area 
or a few of them that we can just say, okay, if you go here, have a good time, but just make sure to mention Central Spirit so that we can have some of the funds that go from that. Yeah, you could even work with maybe like a social director or something to make that a whole event. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sounds <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually that's that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm I'm not a I'm not I'm, like if someone says like, hey, you want to go bowling? I'll be like, yeah, but I'm never gonna say yeah, let's go bowling. But I mean, if Central Spirit goes in a night at bowling alley, like I'm there. Like it just sounds oh, yeah. like you're not a very good bowler. Well, I mean that's yeah, that's, that's part of it, but. I highly recommend the leisure skill class bowling. I went from a 100 player to a 170 player very quickly. Really? I went yeah. from a 50 to about a 95. So it's just different. It's, <laughs> take. it's a hey, great class. Everybody, everybody has their own jumps. Everybody has their own gains they make. Yeah, everyone does. All right, Weston, let's start Jamrog off. Jamrog, we have a couple of rapid fire questions. We just want instinct, What what's coming out. These, these have the not been privy to this information beforehand, so it's it's a gut reaction. All right, let's go. Jamrod, you start. Not Jamrod, uh, Tex, you start. All right, what's your favorite candy? Uh, Milky Way. All right. How about your favorite Gatorade flavor? Um, You know, I'm going to have to go with orange, obviously. Orange. Classic man. There's a lot of controversy in the audience about uh, – if you can, if you are able to answer this question, what's your favorite book? <laughs> wow. Uh, I see off the top of my head, I'd have to say um, easily the Hunger Games series. Okay. So now the real question, have you actually read a book? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, surprisingly. Uh, when was the last time you read a book because you wanted to read a book? I'd say when I was in the fifth grade. Ooh. That's a long time ago. <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if you wanted to disclose that information, but here we are. Um, I got a few more. So how about Nike or Adidas? Oh, Nike 100%. Clemson was a Nike school. A good, I figured you would say that. sponsor. We were hoping for that answer. All right. You, now. you passed that test. It's the holiday season. Everyone's all holly jolly. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, dude. Okay. TBS, Christmas Story, 8 o'clock, uh, Christmas Eve, every year. Okay. Wait, like, like with Ralphie, like like The Christmas Story? The Christmas Story. A Christmas Story, actually. It's like. Like you'll shoot your eyes. Absolutely. That's awesome. Weston, we were having this discussion before. Why don't you share for the people what your favorite Christmas movie is? So uh, my Christmas movie, favorite Christmas movie is a Christmas National Lampoon's A Christmas Vacation. So uh, oh, choice. And then watch that movie way too young. Number two but, is with real controversy. <laughs> yeah, so number two is the real controversy. Home Alone One. Right, so Home Alone One is better than Home Alone Two. Home Alone One or Home Alone Two Lost in New York. <sighs> the text told me mine was take that one was better than two and i just don't agree with it being a number high. two lost in new york is better just genuinely see a- okay you can't go against the classics and starting off home alone one you you can't have home alone two without home alone one see this is an audio medium you cannot read using <laughs> my hands in victory right now so just picture just picture me flexing strong man because i was I guess I was right according to Jamrog, but I don't know how much that means in the end because it's just one person who agreed with me. 
but <laughs> so but that was the real controversy is I genuinely believe Home Alone 2 is the better Home Alone not the best Christmas movie but the better Home Alone we have one more question for you sure this is every every inter, inter, every interviewee has had a question that um, gives the true show of a man's character um, of of what's going on in their brain, um, and I just need a simple yes or no answer. Is a golden spoon still considered silverware? See, no, no, I okay, because okay, no. Would you like to explain? All right. So the whole thing is you have, it's called silverware. I understand the entire thing of having it as like utensils, utensils at a kitchen, but you can't have silverware made of gold. That's, okay. that's just me. So when you're at a like high school prom or a little like Greek life function and they have plastic, what do you call that? Plastic what? Utensils. Plastic utensils. I call it plastic yeah. silverware. No, nah, man. Interesting. This is how we go. I didn't expect this conversation to get this beat, to be completely honest with you. Well, <laughs> so shout out to Mr. Forrest Crocker for that question. That is a yes, classic. Absolutely. That is a classic Forrest. So thank you very much for that question. Huge shout out. I doubt you're listening, but maybe. I'll tag I'll tag him on the next Instagram post so he he knows we we talked about him. Um, well, awesome! Thank you for the wonderful words of advice and everything, Nick Jamrog. Um, you know, open the floor. Is there anything you want to tell to the people, either to Clemson or to Central Spirit members? You know, what are they like? What do they have to look forward to this upcoming year and everything? What do you want to tell? So, I mean, as far as like Central Spirit goes. Just expect because for y'all that haven't that don't really know me because I haven't been here, just expect a lot of excitement going into all athletic events, expect going all out for everything. And then for Clemson, I'm just ready to be back with y'all, honestly. Um, I appreciate y'all having me on here. It has been an absolute pleasure, Nick. Um, both both to both Nick's on the podcast. Um, as as usual, my co-host. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we will, we will get you back on at some point. Um, yeah. Just thank you for being here. Okay, everybody. Welcome to another great interview today. We will be interviewing our VP internal, Miss Quinn Allen. Quinn, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for coming on the Owns Overall podcast. So, you know, we kind of just want to get to know you a little bit, a little bit about your background, not necessarily Central Spirit elected. So, you know, what's your major and, um, you know, how'd you get to Clemson, really? So I am a psychology major, uh, originally from Bedford, New Hampshire. So it's a uh, far distance from Clemson, obviously. Um, but I found Clemson because my brother wanted to go here when he was younger. And I came and toured the school with him when I was in like seventh or eighth grade. Um, and I fell in love with the school and I was like, Hey, maybe I'll apply here. Um, and I did obviously, and I got in. And then once I came in towards for myself, I realized that it was the best place for me out of everywhere I applied. And I definitely made the best decision when it comes to. Me. 
There we go. That's awesome. So what specifically do you want to do with a psychology major? So I want to go into sports psychology. So if you don't know what that is, it's pretty much, well, what I want to focus in is like athlete performance. So what that would be is like pitchers who suck in the playoffs or in important games, like trying to figure out what the mental side of that is and trying to get them out of that situation. So you got to start working with like Clayton Kershaw and those guys. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So obviously you're really involved with Central Spirit being the VP internal. So, you know, what's your favorite Central Spirit memory? What's the one thing you always look back on that makes you love this club? Uh, my favorite would probably be baseball road trip freshman year. Um, I met some of my best friends on that road trip. I had a great time and I was able to talk and interact with people I'd never interacted with before. Um, and we were able to do a bunch of things that I never would have done. Like we stopped at the side of a road and just was like, hey, let's go look at this random lookout. And it was one of the best parts of the entire trip. So I think taking those experiences is really important, especially in Central Spirit. Yeah, road trips are always a big favorite, you know, getting away from Clemson a little bit and, you know, really getting that Central Spirit family all together. So your next question. So who is your favorite Clemson celebrity? Now, in this one, we've had a couple different answers. It can be an athlete. It can be a non-athlete. Who in general is your favorite Clemson celebrity? Clemson celebrity does it have to be an alumni or can it be like a current person in the Clemson community? It could be a current person in the Clemson community. It can be alumni. I'll give you a little background. Okay. Nicholas Jamrog answered DJ Shea. Okay. And Callie Heisey answered Mr. Ween. Okay. Um, I would probably say I love Joe Jorgensen. Okay. She was my first psych professor at Clemson and made me fall in love with the major. And um, obviously, uh, she's not my favorite celebrity for the reason she's a celebrity, but she's my favorite celebrity because of what she means to me and my Clemson journey. Yeah, she really got some national news lately, but that's a different topic for a different podcast. So the next question we have is, you know, we just kind of want to give you some time. So obviously you gave a speech about being VP internal and everything, but you couldn't necessarily, that was a little limited time. It was a little different. Not everyone was maybe there could hear you because everything was on Zoom. So we want to give you this time to really explain what ideas you have and what you think you can bring to that VP internal role. So one of my major points of interest uh, was to really bring the board of directors and the exec board and the general members closer together because being in this organization for three years now, I've noticed that there seems to be a divide between the people on the board and the people um, who are just general members. And as the VP internal, the main goal is to make them more connected. And one of the ways I was planning on doing that was doing more of a drop-in instead of a suggestion box if you have any comments or concerns um, because those are just as valid as the people on the board and we want to hear what the general members have to say as well as doing um, like a committee of just all general members of varying statures whether it be a senior assistant director or a new member. I think it's important to have everybody's experience, experiences and ideas be brought to everybody and what they think is best for each position because they may have some great ideas, but a leadership position may not be for them. And I think that's really important to 
talk about. And then um, another one was just to make sure that uh, Tiger Cub is just hammered home a little bit more and more brought to more of a tradition because it can be such an important thing for new members to meet older members and get to know people that they wouldn't necessarily know before um, and make it more of a tradition within Central Spirit because I feel like it's sort of one that's just written off. So make it earlier in the year and make sure that people really understand the importance of reaching out to these new members and making them feel just as at home as we do. Well, that's awesome. We know you're going to do a great job as VP internal with all those great ideas. So we appreciate you telling everyone, you know, what you plan on doing with it and hopefully take it to the next step. So the next part, our final part of the interview is just rapid fire questions. We need first instinct, just the first thing that comes to your brain. Okay. You ready? Yes. All right. Favorite food. Lasagna. Favorite Starburst flavor. The red one. I don't know what flavor that is. Okay. Favorite. Let's go with favorite song. Everything. Michael Bublé. Everything. Okay. Jeans or leggings or sweatpants. Jeans. Okay. Favorite Christmas song. Um, um, First instinct. Santa baby. Bye. Madonna. Madonna. Okay. And then this is the most important question that we have. All right. Anyone. So if you could pick any character from a TV show or a movie, to okay. be your current college roommate, who would you pick? So anybody. It can be animated. It, it can be animated, TV, movie, whoever you want, to be your college roommate. College roommate. Uh, Topanga Lawrence from Boy okay. Meets World. That's a classic right there. She's great. Love that's Topanga. A, that's a pretty good answer. I... uh. I personally think I have the best answer for this question. I'm going with London Tipton because my dorm room slash apartment would be huge and I would get whatever I want. So that's my personal answer. But Topanga is a pretty good one. Well, is there anything, is there anything else you want to say to the people of the Orange Overall podcast before you head out? Um, just thank you for listening. It's a great podcast. People should listen to it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. We really look forward to your year and your time as VP internal. So thank you for joining us today. And you know, let's have a good year. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, guys. Uh, we love our exec board this year. It's going to be a lot of fun here in Central Spirit. Uh, Nick and Quinn are going to do an absolutely fantastic job. Um, I'll have to talk to Quinn sometime because you got to you got to have all the interview time with her. Uh, but we appreciate them for coming on the pod. Uh, we got a little bit coming up in that Clemson Athletic this week. We talked about the football game. That's this Saturday. Um, and we've got some women's basketball. We have a Thursday and a Sunday home game. Uh, the first one Thursday is versus Florida State, 7 o'clock. That will be on ESPN+. Plus. For those of you to subscribe to that, um, we also have uh, the Notre Dame game will be three o'clock on RSN. Uh, Nicholas, do you know what RSN is? I want to say that's got to be like the Notre Dame broadcasting because I haven't heard of it. But that's obviously going to be a huge game. Not on. Not often do you see two huge games. Um, 
like we see against Notre Dame, both Saturday for the football team, but then Sunday, obviously, Notre Dame's been a powerhouse in women's basketball. So that's going to be a huge chance for the Clemson girls to really make a statement for that big game. And then men's basketball, we have a complete schedule change. Um, This week has been the definition of 2020 for men's basketball where no one ever knows what's going on. So we were scheduled to play a game on Saturday against the dreaded South Carolina in Columbia, but that game has been postponed. um, So we don't have to worry about our little sisters to the South quite yet. It's just postponed. So hopefully we can take it to them a different week. And then originally we were supposed to play Moorhead State next Tuesday, but that game has been moved to Monday. So that game, Moorhead State, has been moved to Monday, and that will be on the ACC Network for all of you home for the holidays. So that's going to be the only game for the men. We got two games for the women, and then obviously football, the ACC Championship at four o'clock on ABC. So that's it for sports this week. Um, We look forward to seeing you all next week. Um, Hopefully we come back with an, hopefully we come back with another sweep, another win. um, And we can have some good news for y'all in our next episode. Absolutely. This time next week, we will know if we will be in the Rose bowl, which is, I assume if we beat Notre Dame, the game, We'll be playing in. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that um, or whatever the outcome of that game ends up being. We'll talk about safety. We'll do a little movie review. Um, we'll have a lot of fun next week, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, you can follow Central Spirit at CU Central Spirit on all platforms. You can follow Mr. Tex at NSV7151 on all platforms. And then me on Instagram at West K Wit. Ladies and gentlemen, It has been a fantastic time. See you later. Go Tigers. Deuces.